Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. People in this lifetime experience negative push, a negative influence, a, a thing that fights against God's best in their life, and yet God shows up on the scene, and when he does, instead of being pushed against and inhibited, God pushes from behind and begins to move you indefinitely uh, in, in a positive direction. Um, so with that, I, I just want to kind of interview you, and you guys can, guys can fight with a microphone, although, Sam, I'm going to start with you. We talk about this idea of influences and things trying to push you in an opposite direction of where you should be. Um, what was a common and negative influence that functioned in your life prior to knowing Jesus, or maybe even into the beginning parts of your walk with Jesus. What would be that thing? Give it a title and maybe a brief explanation. Yeah, for me. Oh, I see you. Oh, there you go. Oh, you know what? There you go. Working? Okay. So for me, it was the need to be uh, accepted by others. I felt like I needed to do things. Oh, none of these people experienced that at all. Yeah. <laughs> So I, Did you not get the humor? Are you alive? Are you awake? <laughs> but none of them. This will be, be very foreign to everyone in the room. The need to be appreciated and accepted by others, right? So in a lot of ways, it would manifest itself in like high school and college, in like party situations. I felt like I had to perform in front of people. I felt like I had to do things that would make people like me be the funny guy or do like stupid stuff to, that people <laughs> dared me to do. Isn't that weird how that can get in your mind and all of a sudden you think people are going to like you if I do the outrageous thing? Yeah. Uh, it's completely foreign to me. Phil, how about, how about you? How about you? <laughs> um, well, uh, basically it just manifested in ways that... What, name it. Put a title on it. What is the thing that would the influence that you struggled well, with? That I wasn't good enough. That I was never going to be enough. Okay. That there were... That, I, that no matter how hard I tried, I was never going to be of any importance or any of any need for yeah. people. So such a crazy thought, but I'll bet some of you have experienced that. Walking around feeling like, well, I would try that, but I can't do that. I would go talk to them, but they don't want to talk with me, right? And that feeling like I'm not good enough. If I'm measured, I come up short mm -hmm. every time. Trish, how about for you? Um, for me, it was fear. Okay. Fear. Probably nobody experiences fear, do you? No. That, that pushing of that. Describe how that yeah. would manifest itself for you. Well, and it started from, from a really young age when I was really young, and then it just continued and grew into all the other forms that come in fear. Neglect, um, abandonment, um, lack of um, ability to just be, I mean, just let go and be in front of people. That was like... So like this should this, be like a... This is, this is this hard is for me. This is a perfect moment. There's like, like is, a catalyst yeah. to be like, ah! Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah, because I was never going to be good enough, never yeah. going to have a, any friends, couldn't fit in. Yeah. Right. Fear showed up and it struck and infested everything. How would you say that like in its... Uh, you don't have to give us like a specific angle, but like, like on a scale of one to 10, how does that look? I mean, what is the, you walk into a situation and there's that crowd of people, what does that look like on the inside, in between your ears and, and from your head to your feet? What does, that, what does that look like? Well, it's hard because it pretty much shuts everything down in you. Fear is crippling. It'll shut everything down to the point where you don't know what to think. So of course you can't talk to somebody because you, all these things and 
in your head are going on where you're not going to be good enough, you're not capable, you don't have the right words, you don't have the right, you know, situations because of the things that have happened from birth on up, you know, that they right. s struck and it affected everything. It just kind of festered. Okay. Bill, how about for you? Like, how does that, like, describe what happens on the inside? You walk into a situation, you have this opportunity, somebody's saying, we think you're the guy, but how would that thing come on you and how would that impact your actions? Oh, well, imposter syndrome, totally. Oh, um, please tell. Well, <laughs> so it, it really doesn't matter what anybody else said about me, whether they was positive or negative. You know, it, it mattered what I thought of me, you know, and, and so I walked into a situation, if I were to walk into a situation, even today, it's hard for me to think that I sh can step into that role with authority or with any sense of security because somewhere in the back of my head, there's always this, yeah, but you're not really that person. You know, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share like a little bit of our dialogue of our relationship, how I've seen that play out. And if this resonates with you. Early on in our relationship, as Bill was beginning to take on responsibility in the church and take on a role that we trusted him with, there would be a few moments where I was like, are, are you okay? And he's like, well, I just kind of feel like maybe I've done something wrong or I'm in trouble. And I'm like, Phil, if you had done something wrong or you were in trouble, listen, you got to know me. I, we would have that quick conversation. It'd be done. Like, I don't know what you get in trouble. I mean, I'm not really the principal of this place. Like, give you a time out. But if there was a dialogue that we had to have, I would let you know. But it's so amazing that when you have those feelings, it, it changes your posture, and then it creates some challenges in the relationship. Because then, if you feel like you're in trouble, then you filter everything that somebody who's for you, you filter it through you're in trouble with them, and it works against the relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There, um, and, and over a period of time for somebody who doesn't struggle with that and if somebody doesn't overcome that, it, it can actually drive a wedge in the relationship. And this fear of getting kicked off the team actually happens, not because it ever should have, but there's no way to play with a teammate who won't play because they feel like they're about to kick, get kicked off the team all the time. So what I love is I definitely I can see the progress in your life in that area. Right. Uh, you, won't, you don't realize this. This morning, uh, Phil's in charge of the lights, and we had a whole lighting system go down. Right now, it's, I'm a little bit dark because the lighting, light went down. And you know what? We tried to solve it, and then we said, Jesus didn't have any lights. We'll have church. We'll be fine. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I mean, we like the lights, don't we? Especially when they're strobing and I start getting dizzy. That's the best part. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but, but like, but... It was awesome that he was just cool as a cucumber and knowing that he's not in trouble. He's doing the best that he can. We'll try to solve it. Nobody's looking down their nose at me. But, and it probably, I'll bet those voices were like, oh, creeping up during that point in time. There's a lot I could say, but yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but none of these things just go away. No. no. But what's the solution? Sam, like for you, why don't you, why don't you let's shift into that. What's, yeah. the, uh, what's the solution? Uh, how has following Jesus made that uh, more manageable or better? Well, for me, my solution is, first off, I just pray about it. And I say, God, help me know how to handle the situation. And um, like for me... Stop. That's revolutionary. <laughs> say that again, please. I you just, do what? I, I ask God for help. <laughs> oh, you actually ask him. Yeah. Yep. Note to self. <laughs> ask God Literally ask God. You're walking into a scenario you don't know how to handle. Ask God, could you please help? Holy Spirit, help me. 
This is the most practical thing because the Bible says you have not because you ask, ask not. not. When you ask, you shall what? You shall receive. receive. There's better influence when you follow Jesus because you have someone to ask who has promised to help. Yeah. As simple as that is. Start asking. <laughs> yep. Are you alive today? Yeah. <laughs> I need some help. Like, show, If you're excited, let your face show it. I can see your face. Do you believe that God can help you? Yeah. Yes. yes. That's some of the greatest news. And I'll bet that there are some of you who are having a challenge, a negative influence going on in your life, and it's just common sense. Ask God, but you actually haven't asked God formally. You've been thinking, I wish he would help me. Ask. Get some other people to help you and to pray. Ask. Ask in groups for God to be able to do that. Continue. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh, it's no, very exciting. <laughs> This, my, this was a new concept finally showed up. We can ask. And then the other thing that this took a lot longer to develop but was trusting that it was all going to be okay, building my faith up and trusting that even if it didn't, even if a situation happened and it didn't go the way I planned, trusting that no matter what, the end result was I'm going to be okay and God is going to provide for me. Absolutely. That's, that, come on. That, that deserves that. <laughs> That's good stuff. Trisha, how about for you? Following Jesus, how has, how has he helped you to overcome or, or at least manage that? Yeah, well, a lot of it, I mean, it, it happened over time, but it was really getting into his word, surrounding myself. Hold it. Let, yeah. Stop. Note to self. <laughs> Read the Bible. Yeah. Note to self. Read the Bible because you can't yeah. hear what you don't don't, yeah, here, you can't yeah. see what you don't read. Yeah, and his word really is clear in areas and speaks over us about who he has called us to be. And when you can get that in you, yeah. that then things start to change. That is so good. That, yeah. that deserves an applause as well. Come on, Phil. Same thing. Uh, well, mine was a little different. Um, I actually, after becoming a Christian or whatever... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I'll tell you a story. Come ask me about it. Um, I entered into a, a organization that was Christian that really pushed um, kind of elitism. Like you have to be the best, otherwise performance. Yes, performance. So that really kind of fed into my I have to be the best for Jesus or I'm nothing sort of mentality, and um, it really fed that I'm not good enough. Wow. Thing. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until a couple years after that my walk really started taking a more solid foundation um, to where God was like, look, you know, I said this, so are you going to believe it or not? Um, and it was things like, you know, and I'm drawing a blank right now, but it was his promises. Right. That, that, that I am enough. You know, mm -hmm. I've said this. Are you going to believe it and are you just going to walk in it? Right. You know, it's putting your money where your mouth is. It's, it's, to me, it was putting color on the black and white pages. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, I want to say to the three of you, I appreciate you being involved with this, but the, the influence, the better influence of Jesus in your lives is unmistakable. I mean, you all are three completely different people, different personalities. But your impact on just on a Sunday morning, on our teams, on leadership. Sam, being newer to the church, though, comes in like a hurricane, and he's <laughs> signing up for everything. And I think he's preaching next week. I'm not sure. Well, he's preaching this week. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this family's all cheering for him. 
Um, but I just wanted to say thank you. I don't know if you recognize this. You can get up and you can preach a sermon and people are like, oh, great information. Oh, yeah, I was inspired. But there's something even more powerful about a life that's imperfect but still lived pursuing Jesus that's being perfected. And I could see the growth and the strides in you guys' lives, and it's remarkable. I just thank you guys that you're a part of our church family, and it's awesome. You guys inspire. You make me want to be a Christian. I want you to know that. And I know that your life is better because of him, but when it comes to better influences, your life has an influence on me and Pastor Rowena, and, and, it, and we are the better for it. So I want to say thank you guys. Great job this morning. Give them a big hand as they're, as they're seated. Thank you guys. So I, I, I love that. I appreciate them taking the time to do that and you participating. Um, let, me, let me add on to that saying you'll hear me say quite often. From the moment you're conceived, everything in the world will fight against God's best in your life. But when you follow Jesus, everything in his kingdom will be accessible to help you as you fight for it. And that's the key. When you don't follow Jesus, you're just doing life on your own. And you might take some ground, and it might be good ground, and you might accomplish some things, but I want you to begin to dream about the partnership with God and the partnership with heaven that will actually radically fast forward every area of your life to the better, to, to abundant living. It's not just survival life following Jesus. You are equipped with everything that heaven has is not reserved for the day after you die. In fact, everything that heaven has is reserved for you for right now. And so much of our following Jesus, the process of learning, is all about discovering what is accessible that I can use right now. And some of those tips that were shared, Sam, you know, ask. Oh, I didn't realize I could ask. Oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough to ask. The Bible doesn't say, if you're good enough to ask, ask and it will be given to you. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And so there's instruction that as we grow, there's instruction of learning how to grab onto the assets of heaven and pull them down into our lives. And so when you follow Jesus, everything in his kingdom becomes accessible to help you as you fight for his best. So I just want to, in the remaining time that I have, draw your attention to a few of the additional better influences that come into your life as you follow Jesus. Number one, as you follow Jesus, there's this amazing thing that you're, it, actually, you can't even meet Jesus without experiencing the Holy Spirit. A he, not a force, not a power, not a, what is that? It's he, the Holy Spirit. In fact, you would never discover Jesus if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like, like the, the flag team bringing a great big airplane in and guiding them in. The Holy Spirit, since the moment you were born, has been waving his attention, uh, his arms to get your attention to guide you, not to himself, but actually help you to discover who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for your life. And while there's a whole lot of noise in your life going on and things trying to drown it out, the Holy Spirit continues to work and visit us at different key times to show you that God is for you and he's not against you. And to direct you to his truth. In fact, if you read John chapter 16, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, or in other words, when you finally have that encounter with him, he will guide you or he will actually influence you. He's going to push you. Because what's happening is you're like a sailboat, like we talked about last week, that your sail is up, but it's not catching any wind without God. But this Holy Spirit begins to blow on that sail and begins to guide your life, begins to influence your life. It says, he will guide you into what? Dead ends? He will guide you into problems? No, he's going to guide you 
into the truth, the best stuff for your personal life. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, in other words, from the Father, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And I believe that this applies to business. The, you know, if everything in your life is spiritual. There's not just Sunday church or when you pray and when you read your Bible. Everything is spiritual. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life guiding you, he's going to guide you at work. He's going to guide you at home. He's going to guide you when you're trying to solve a problem, even in the garage. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you instruction and direction. Even things that aren't maybe written in the Bible and things that maybe don't apply to maybe Trish, but do apply to you. The danger of trying to navigate through life is to think that all of Trisha's answers are somehow your answers and they're just not. You know, every car is different. Every car functions a little bit different. The principles are the same, but if you've got a car that requires you to pump twice on the gas pedal before you turn the ignition, once you discover that, what do you do every single time you go to start the car? You pump twice, then you turn the ignition. And you are a unique individual and the Holy Spirit's able to help you to figure out how to raise your kids better. You begin to discover, I've been trying to do this on my own, but the Holy Spirit's going to guide me into all truth. You begin to ask God, God, show me how to best raise my oldest child and give me that instruction, but I'm also going to need the best information on how to raise my, maybe my middle child. And guess what? Those two things are probably going to be different. You want to know why? Because there's two different children. The biggest mistake is to think, I've discovered the, when we had our first child, we discovered the, the ingredients. We are the most amazing parents. And then Val showed up on the scene. And I don't want to make her sound like she was terrible, but she was super colicky. And, you know, there were a few moments I had to go for a walk at midnight in the snow just to be like, I was ready to rip out. I had hair back then. And then Val showed up, and this is what has happened. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit taught us many things about parenting. I'm going to be honest with you. We had different sets of rules for all three kids. And when one child said, how come he, how come she? Because that's the rule we have for them, not for you. That's not fair. Guess what? Welcome to life. <laughs> There's nothing fair. If you got what was fair, where would you be right now? Come on. Different sets of rules for different kids because all different kids are different. And you need different leverages to get them to do some. some. We had one child. He will remain nameless. <laughs> but if you gave him any corporal punishment, he looked at his mother and smiled and said a little bit more to the right. You know, it was just... Maybe he didn't say that, but I believe that he was saying that. And it was like, you could, you could whoop that kid, and it's not going to make a difference. Very motivated by time on the computer, however. And then you could just look at Leslie like this, and she'd break down into tears, and she would go clean the house. Right? But if you try to parent them all the same way, but without heaven's resources, maybe you never discover that. Yeah, God can show you that. Because the Holy Spirit is here to guide you. And in a walk with Jesus, the Holy, as a believer, when you, this is what happens. When you say yes to Jesus, because the Holy Spirit is the one who has shown you Jesus, when you say yes and you step across the line, the Holy Spirit abides within you. He steps in. Now, what you do with him from that moment on is very critical, and that's a different message. But as a, whole, as a believer, you don't have to say, oh, God, I just long to feel your presence. His presence lives within you. But if you're real passive with it and just kick back, never crack that open, I mean, you can have amazing uh, jelly in the refrigerator and you can look at the label, but you're not going to enjoy it until you crack it open and participate with it. So, so, so stirring the Holy Spirit within you is so valuable, so important. He's, he's on board, but he's also a gentleman in the process 
we lean into that relationship. So the Holy Spirit is a better influence. And listen, he will influence you. I've had him to speak to me about purchasing property. I have had him speak to me about selling property. I have had him speak to me about beware. I've had him speak to me, hey, the real problem is not what you think. It's X, Y, Z. And without the better influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm running blindly through a field I've never been through. But the Holy Spirit, always there, always resident. Amen? Amen. Amen. How, many, how many of you have experienced the Holy Spirit guiding your life? Yeah. Come on. Should, should be all of us, okay? But lean in, all right? Also, uh, this was mentioned by one of our theologians this morning, reading God's Word. God's Word. In this book are not only instructions and facts and figures in history, it is inspired, and God can actually, as you read it, breathe into your circumstances of life. It's amazing to me, as I read through the Bible, as I study it, God is able to deliver to me like moments where God's word speaks to me. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right now, hopefully, what I'm doing is by preaching God's word, I'm illuminating some of your path, but I want you to know that reading God's word is a part of what a disciple of Jesus Christ does on a regular basis. I don't want to get legalistic and say, you know, every single day, read the Bible, beginning cover to the end of the cover. Look, you can become very mechanical and just read God's word and put a check mark and not actually hear what God is saying. But I'm saying read God's word where you say to God at the beginning, as you read the word, Lord, there's information in here, but there's also revelation. There's illumination. Speak to my life. Let me hear what you have to say to me today. And I've had God do that so many times open things up that I did not understand, and, and actually adjust how I pray and teach me new concepts. Psalm 119, 133 says, direct my footsteps according to your word. In other words, Lord, when I read your word, speak to me about the direction I'm taking. Because this lifetime, you only get to live it one time. And it's not so, not so critical that every step is perfect, but overall, your footsteps will take you places. And having God's word directed, and there's been a few times in my life where I've said, well, I know the Bible says this, but that's one of those stinky butts that I was talking about earlier. If God's word says something, God's word is after one thing, his, well, two things, his glory and your best. God can still be glorified out of, out of your mistakes, but God is especially glorified when you obey his word and then success comes as a result. Uh, God's word is an incredible thing, but again, it can't just jump out of the covers and hit you in the face. Um, I had somebody say to me, you know, I'm just really, don't really feel like I'm being fed at church these days. And my response is, well, first of all, church is not where, you, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an incredible opportunity to come together and encourage one another, but if the only time you eat is on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night, you're going to starve to death. Do you know that God has equipped you to feed yourself? You are equipped to feed yourself. If you feel like you're starving, that's on you. In fact, really what our, our church's gatherings are about is casting vision so that as you eat, you've got the fuel to get to where the vision's taking you. For God to be able to open up in our gatherings about the, the, the uh, plans and the purposes he has for your life, but you're going to have to feed yourself regularly so that you can pursue after that vision. And really, at the end of the day, feeding yourself comes down to you eating out of the Word of God. I would say with God's Word, there's also 
with that. There's not just reading, but there's listening to good preaching, good podcasts, good teaching, which takes me into number three, listening to preaching and teaching. It's something that I participate in. I probably listen to about 10 different podcasts every week. I listen to different speakers. You can ask me later, well, who are some of the favorite preachers and teachers that you listen to? And it's a huge variety that I listen to. And I find myself, as I listen, God opens up some of the curtains and I can see better and more clearly. Good preaching and good teaching will just add to your life. Now, I also listen to some other stuff. I listen to political stuff. I listen to stuff that, uh, that, about things that are going on in our community, our nation, our world, news programs. Those are valuable. But man, if that's the only thing you're listening to and hearing a sermon every week, you're going to die of toxicity. You're going to die of an overdose of this world. There's only so much political podcasting you can listen to. Get the information and get out and move on. Take the word of God to inform your behavior based on the information you're hearing. I mean, after you hear the same thing over and over and over, you're just ODing on the negative news. Are you, t- are you hearing me? There are times where I shut off my political podcast, still watch the news so I know what's going on, I know how to pray, but I don't need to OD on this world. I need to OD on the word of God. I can't get enough of that. That feeds my very soul and my spiritual well-being. So with that preaching and te- teaching, we read in the book of Acts about how the Spirit of God led the, the, the teacher, preacher, Philip, to a man who was hungry for the things of God. But as you read about this, this, uh, this eunuch that he goes to see in Acts chapter 8, this is a man who's a spiritual man, but he actually doesn't have all of the understanding to click into the idea of what following Jesus is. And I would say it's critical for a church to help its, its family members to understand, no more important than anything, what does successfully following Jesus look like? Because we could talk about a lot of other things, but if you're not following Jesus, the anointing doesn't matter, prosperity doesn't matter, successful prayer doesn't matter. Following, following Jesus, being a disciple of following Jesus is the thing that matters most. It's the first and foremost thing. And so this spiritual man, this, this, this uh, uh, gentleman who worked for Candace, I believe it was Candace, queen of Ethiopia, he had come to a spiritual town because he was a spiritual, spiritually wired man, but he didn't have the very basics. But then Philip preaches the very clear truth in a conversation to him. And this man, after hearing the word of God, says, oh, bing, I finally get it. I actually need to invite Jesus into my life, not just believe in him. Yes. You've got to say, be my Lord in order for him to be your Lord. He is the Lord, but this is all about him being your Lord. And so the man says to Philip, well, there's some water. Can't I say yes? We had water baptism a few weeks back. We'll have it uh, again in September for people to actually say yes and go public with their decision. Saying yes starts the relationship. You can't be married until you say I do. Okay? You can't even date until she says, okay, and knows who you are. You can't like send happy thoughts to her to make her like you. You got to say, hey, would you like to go on a date with me? Right? You can pretend like you're going on a date, get all dressed up, drive around her neighborhood in the car. That's called stalking until you ask, <laughs> until you say, would you like to go out with me? That starts a relationship. Same is true with Jesus. You can hang around here. You can hang around this room. You can decorate this room. You can begin to help and serve, all sorts of things. It comes down to saying yes to Jesus. That's where it starts. 
And so this man said, what stops me from saying yes right here and right now? This wasn't in church. This is basically in a car driving down the road and there's a park and there's a water fountain. Hey, will you baptize me? Sweet, let's go. Didn't need to wait for a scheduled water baptism. They did it out in a park. Or at least that's how I'm interpreting it. That's the impact of preaching and teaching. It will help you to know what to do. In fact, you read throughout the New Testament, there's a powerful, very eloquent preacher named Apollos, who wasn't one of the first 12 disciples. He kind of, we don't know how he gets saved, but he gets saved and he starts to do ministry and he's a phenomenal preacher and he's known on the level of Paul and Apollos. But when he finally comes into relationship with them, there's a thing that he's missing in his preaching and teaching that is keeping him from being as effective as he could be. And and an individual named uh, uh, Priscilla and her husband Aquila The two of them heard Apollos preaching one day, and they were well-known within the church, and Apollos was somewhere in the area. They went to hear him speak. It was remarkable, the things that he shared, but they pulled him aside, and here in Acts chapter 18, it says this, um, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they pulled him aside, and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. Have you at times in your life, only known how to semi-accurately work something. Maybe it's a tool in your shop. Maybe it's a piece of electronic equipment. You're battling with it. We picked up a camper this year, and I'm still battling trying to figure out, okay, when you plug it in, what is running off a battery still? What is running off a propane still? And now what's running off the electric it's plugged into? And I have yet to discover adequately how this thing works. Now, I'm going to figure it out, but adequately, some of you are going to volunteer to come and help me out. I know immediately after this message, thank you. I could probably use it or I could YouTube it, but there's been a few moments when I've been plugged in and everything else is in position and gone to raise the landing gear on this thing, and clearly it's running off batteries because it begins to die and stop, and I'm not able to really function as it's intended because bottom line is I don't know how to correctly do it. You tracking with me? Do you know you could be struggling even in following Jesus because you're batting your head against something you don't realize is there and it's in the way blocking you? And yet, preaching and teaching will bring that revelation. And that's what I pray every single week as we come together, as I'm praying for you and we're believing God for your very best. So often it's trusting that God will help you to discover that thing maybe that you've overlooked that's actually there. Uh, church family is also a better influence. Did you see that this morning? We, know we're, we cheer for our children. We cheer for our teenagers. We cheer for our adults. Being a part of a church family is not just a good idea. It's how the entire New Testament is constructed. When Jesus draw, brings you into his family, it's with the understanding that part of your best encouragement and your best help is to be a part of a church family. Imperfect as it is, look around the room, beautiful people. Some of these people are imperfect. And actually, their imperfection will work towards your benefit because we only need one Jesus. And actually, in your imperfection, we get to watch the perfecting process, and it reminds us how powerful Jesus is in our lives. 
You come in here and dressing yourself up like I've done today, comb my hair and put all the product in there and wore my very best outfit, which these t-shirts are now available in the, in, in the lobby. Um, I just wanted to, wanted to wear one. And all my best outfit here and all the makeup that I have on to look this good and my fake blow-up arms and all that kind of thing, all right, does me absolutely no good because God still knows who I am and I can cover up my imperfections, but it's not until I allow them to be seen by myself and the people in my world that I actually am functioning from a position of truth, now God is able to begin to work on those things. The longer you want to pretend you're perfect when you're not, it makes it harder for God and your spiritual leaders to help you. Putting on, a, on a, uh, your best, I mean, I'm not saying don't dress up. I'm not trying to say don't be on your best behavior. A time and place for everything. But uh, again, I mentioned this about Sam. Sam was like, you know, an open book the first time we hung out. Just shared everything. You know what was great about it? I got to, okay, this is, where, this is where we start from. Because I understand my role in his life and the church's role in his life. Part of our church, listen, if you've come here to, to watch a movie and walk out and have an opinion, that's not church. Church is about us coming together as a team, as a family, and coming together and helping one another to experience their best life. In order for me to know how, for Sam to experience his best life, I've got to maybe be able to speak to something that's less than best. That's what families do. Now, if you don't like that, then church is not going to really, a real church is not going to really work for you. Find the movie theater church. I'm not talking about the one that meets in the movie theater, but where they just put on a presentation to make you feel good and then just tell you, you're doing great and send you out the door after you give your offering. But if you want to be a part of a family, it has nothing to do with the offering. And I play a role for us to all participate, but it's about speaking to you and bringing out the better version of you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, as we come together, it's all about encouraging one another. And you encourage one another when you're having a bad day. Man, my, my marriage is struggling. Okay, well, how, how can I pray? How can I help? Maybe I don't have counsel for you. I'm, maybe I'm not a counselor, but maybe I can give you a verse that maybe will help. Or maybe I can send you to somebody who could help you who has a strong marriage. And so in the process, we encourage one another to our better version of ourselves. Amen? And that is a push in the right direction because the world is still going to be pushing you in the opposite direction. And finally, is that it? Oh, I've got one more. Okay. Why don't you stand with me, okay? Um, and I'll just give this last one to you really quick. It's the better influence of pastors and spiritual leaders. Um, that's one of the things that we definitely function within, within our church family. One of the things that we teach our leaders to do and definitely Rowena and I function in is in order to be able to help you to experience the best version of yourself, then we come together, God talks in the book of Ephesians that God has brought us into the church family and he has leaderships in that, leaders in that role to be able to speak to one another to help them to grow. And when we do that, it helps people to become the person that they're destined to be. It looks very similar to a natural family. Now, I've met a few parents like this. It's none of you, but I've met a few parents that their desire to be loved and appreciated by their child is bigger than anything else. They don't want to correct their child because they just want their child to love them. They don't want to maybe tell their child the truth because it'll hurt their child's feelings. And so it's all about, you can do it, Johnny. Well, some things John, Johnny's not going to be able to fly with his natural arms. Follow your dreams, Johnny. Well, actually, his dream is a dangerous dream, and it's not healthy. 
And so sometimes as a parent, you know, you, you do about 90% encouragement, and what do you do? About 10% correction. And in those moments that you correct your child, how many of you know that's not the most fun moment? But it, it's necessary, isn't it? No, Johnny, stop licking the outlet. But I want to. Johnny, get your tongue off of the outlet. But you just don't want me to have any fun. Johnny, you're going to electrocute yourself. I've never seen anyone electrocuted before. No, and I don't want you to ever either. You know, and so not that there's those types of extremes in, in church relationships, but especially as you grow in your leadership journey and you step into maybe being on a team, you're going to have a leader on that team say, hey, listen, you need to work on this. I don't know if you realize this, but you come across as really bossy to some of the other teammates. Well, who are you to tell me I'm coming across bossy? I'm going to tell you who I am in this case. I'm your leader. It's like your coach saying to you, hey, listen, when you're throwing the ball, you're kind of like you're twisting your elbow and you're not hitting your target. Who are you to tell me how to throw the ball? Don't you know who I am? You're lucky I'm here on the team. Well, actually, we are excited that you're on the team, but there's a calling to help you to be the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And you know, if you're bossy, if you're rude, if you're unkind, if you're narcissistic, if the world revolves around you, you're not going to get to the destinations that God wants you to get to. So guess what? God pulls out a file and he uses people. And how many of you know that? How good does that feel? Raise your hand if that feels good. How many, let me say it a different way. How many of you appreciate the perfecting process that God would not leave you the one or number one or number two that you are? He's in the process of turning you into a 10. How many of you value that? Amen? I know that I do. Amen. It's so good. You ready to pray? I'm going to look at you in the eye. If today you haven't said yes to following Jesus to this point, it's time for you to do that. We're going to pray here in a moment, and we're going to pray together as a church family, but I want you to do this. If you say yes, and you're all in today in following Jesus, let someone know. Let someone sitting next to you know. Let someone in the lobby know. We want to help you with your next steps. And we can't help somebody with their next steps if it's all done, you know, behind a closed door. Let somebody know that you started following Jesus. We've got a great book called Following Jesus. We'll give you and help you in the process, okay? How many of you want that increased influence of the Holy, of, uh, the Holy Spirit, of the Word of God, of preaching and teaching, of the church, and of spiritual leaders pushing strong behind your past to get you to your future? Let me see your hands, Amen. Cool. Now with your hand, those, just those of you who raise your hands, with your hand raised, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your good people. I thank you that being a part of the church family means my life is better. The Holy Spirit, you functioning in my life makes my life better. I thank you that the Word of God is available. It makes my life better. The church makes my life better. Holy Spirit, thank you that you use spiritual leaders to make our lives better. Father, we're grateful for that. We're excited for the lives we have, but we're believing you for more. We're believing you for better. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, I want to do something real quick before we sing a final song. Is it okay, Val? It's like you have a choice. Okay. Um, I, I want to pray for something. I want to pray for Jalise today, okay? Jalise, I want you to come up here, jump in and say, bring Dustin with you. He, I'm sure he's willing to come along with you. I want to pray for them. There's this unusual situation that happens. Everyone so always catches my ears. Those of you who've been a part of this church family, you guys, will, you guys will know this. When I go to the doctor and they tell me something like, we don't really know what's going on, how many of you know, boom, time to pray. Amen.
where I'm experiencing something physically and it's a mystery, um, usually for me, that's a good indicator that this can be solved by prayer. And usually when you go back to the doctor, the doctor's like, well, it's a mystery, but it's all gone. Amen? I need a couple leaders. Before we, I get a couple leaders to come and pray. Anybody else here, you've got one of those things going on. It's uh, either just an illness, you know what it is, and you want healing in your body. Or maybe it's one of those mystery illnesses. You're believing God to bring about an answer this morning. Okay, come on. In faith, don't walk. Come on, Alana, don't. uh, I guess we'll give it a try. No, I'm going to experience the healing power of God. Okay? High five me. God, I'm trying to get you sight. Lean forward. We're going to believe God for your healing, okay? We lean forward and say, God, your word says you're my healer. We're going to believe you for it this morning. I'm going to do tomorrow what needs to be to take care of myself. But today I'm believing you for healing. The healing of God is a real thing. That's one of the reasons Jesus died for us. I need some leaders, just people who love these people. Get up behind them. We're going to pray. And then we're going to jump into the next song, okay? Come on. Don't be hesitant. Leaders, you come in faith as well. Growling, excited. I can't wait to pray. We're going to believe God for healing, all right? The growling thing was really important too that nobody picked up on. All right. Okay, we ready to pray? Come on, out loud, we're praying together as a church family. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you, though, that Scripture teaches us by your stripes we are healed. Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I lay my hands on Jalice. God, I believe you for all of your promises over her life. Father, this is a season of stirring. This is a season of drawing. This is a season where you're inviting her up to higher places, to bigger dreams, to bigger open doors. Things that she thought were not possible are becoming possible. Things that she was sure she was probably disqualified from. God, you're showing her, no, they're still in play. God, there's always some pushback. There's always a foul wind that wants to blow against the sail of our lives. Everything in this world will fight against God's best in our life. But Lord, everything in our lives when we follow you is accessible. Everything in the kingdom of heaven, including healing. So we speak healing over her body in Jesus' name. We speak the word of God over her body in Jesus' name. We speak your spirit, God, over her body that makes everything right in Jesus' name. And we thank you. And for Alana, God, we speak healing over her body. God, we're grateful for this young woman. She's achieved uh, milestones this month in her life, God. But with these milestones, there's journey with you. And another milestone is healing in her body and her body being in health. And so we speak health and strength and healing over her in Jesus' name. What doctors are not able to discover, Lord, at times it's just hidden from their eyes, but there is no truth hidden from your eyes. Holy Spirit, you're able to bring all truth and illuminate it. So for these three, we speak healing in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I just want to just emphasize to the three of you, okay, all in with Jesus. Be all in with Jesus. That's a process, being all in, but when you walk away from all in, seek first the kingdom of God. What does it say after that? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then what happens? Okay, all, yes, his righteousness is available to you, and all these things shall be unto you. I mean, follow Jesus. Give him everything, and things will line up. There will still be wind that will try to blow you in different directions. But with him being first, he will pull you like, the, like uh, Josh used to drive triples. Wherever the tractor goes, the trailer goes. Those trailers, you know, wind begins to blow in the back there and start doing that. The tractor keeps on course and begins to pull them forward. Follow Jesus. He'll pull you through every one of those storms. Amen? Amen. 
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com. Thank you.